Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Midnight Clues to Truth. Episode 1, Once Was a Grape, Is Now a Lemon. Okay, so we all have to start somewhere. This getting here, getting to the thought of a podcast, getting to a thought of me talking about the early days of my cancer journey. It's taking a second. And it took me a second. I procrastinated to be sitting at this table to be able to talk into this microphone and recount this journey. Um, But anyway, (laughs) I digress. And sometimes I will not get the train on the track or sometimes I will get the train on the track and become focused again. So uh, this is very stream of consciousness. Um, But if you do have any thoughts, questions, um, feedback, but keep in mind, you know, I'll I'll listen to it, I'll read it, um, but who knows? This is a personal subject, so a lot of feedback I'm, I'm not really like too excited about, but we'll see when we get there. Um, feel free to email clues to truth at iCloud.com. And um, shall we begin? So in my head in 2022, just want to, you know, kind of set this up for you. Um, I knew that I was going to be married, that my husband and I were having a small ceremony, very small. And I knew we were moving. And I knew that so many things were all happening at once. Um, I did discover one day, just getting ready for the day, Um, shower, whatnot, very basic stuff. I discovered a spot. It really didn't feel anything. Didn't feel like a lump. It was like a spot on my left testicle. And sorry if that's too graphic for you, but sorry. Not sorry. And... thought, okay, this is, wasn't here before, but let's make an appointment and and get it looked at. Well, by the time the appointment came around, and strange enough, it was not with my normal doctor. And, but I took it, it was during the, the work week and I, it was easy for me to get over to the doctor's office by that point, um, it it already got bigger, the the testicle itself, and um, couple few days before it started getting bigger, um, I was helping my parents lift a hot water heater. Now I don't know if the two were related or not, but the story 
made someone think that it was a hernia. And it was not a hernia. It indeed was a testicular issue. But when I was lifting the hot water heater or assisting to lift the hot water heater, I did feel a pop of some sort. Maybe I wasn't supposed to do that. Maybe I wasn't supposed to, you know, do it because something else was going on. And this medical professional, and I'm leaving this a little bit vague because um, this is one of those things where I, I do not want to go backwards and, you know, people having their own ideas of what I should do at this point of, well, delayed it and, you know, getting a, a diagnosis, but everything happens for a reason and it all happens that, uh, the way it, it should. So I had a consultation with a hernia doctor and that was not um, really needed. I needed a urologist. Well, thankfully, when I saw the hernia doctor, they got me um, some tests that I took that I got done that day. And then a urologist about 13 days later. And then about a week later from that, um, I actually think I know the date. It was actually, I know the date. It was uh, November 11th, 22. So 11 11 22 was when I was, you know, diagnosed with testicular cancer. And we didn't really know what stage it was at that time because that was, you know, before the oncologist. Um, was actually, you know, involved in when we were talking about staging um, because that didn't happen until, until later, and I'll, I'll get to that. Um, but the first course of action was having the bad testicle removed, which what was interesting about it, the testicle was kind of in a balloon, so a hydrocele. And that was protecting it, but it was also kind of holding it in so it could spread in different ways internally. Um, Because what does happen is that, you know, it somehow got out of that balloon. Um, But my surgery was to be on uh, November 23rd. And I did have it, and it was successful. And came back to reality for what I knew. And then you have to wait six weeks again and find out, oh, what's the next steps? Which in this journey, there's a lot, and in this journey for anyone um, going through cancer, there's a lot of waiting, letting the body sit. Where is the new equilibrium? How is your body body reacting to various things and then also reacting to chemo if need be? And then what about tumor markers and all things like that? Um, 
So in that six weeks, you just have to keep pushing on and living and being resilient. That has been an ongoing theme in this whole process for myself. Sometimes just boxing myself up in the corner and writing, that was something that was very critical for me during this. Um, But I think in long term, I've boxed myself up so much where I'm trying to find the glittery, shiny, I guess you could say bejeweled core of where I was and before any of this ever happened or occurred. But in that first six weeks of waiting, you go, oh, this is, this is done. This cannot get any worse. This cannot take another step in a negative direction. Welp, it did. But I don't know if I'm actually going to talk about that right now. It's when you're accepting bad news. When I got the first news that it was cancer, I think I already discussed it with myself that it was bad, that indeed it was something that was going to take time and it was going to take effort. But I think that my young optimism and my brain was making it smaller than what it was so that way I could be stronger than it. So I wanted to retain my daily life of running out to the mall, walking, doing things, and having that normal still be there. So if you can, it's just like a thought. If you have like this type of news that it is holding you back, you know, really try to jump up and arise through it. I didn't want to sit in the corner and just go, pour me, pour me, pour me a drink. I wanted to be above it. But it's also the company that you keep. If everyone is just going to kind of sit in sorrow, osmotically, that will try to eat you. That will try to get into your head. And it'll try to infiltrate your positivity. And that's what was happening. The voices that were around me were up against the wall. 
and thinking, well, it's bad for us too. And I understand that it's bad for everyone. But when you are the lucky one, and I say lucky with deep, deep, deep sarcasm, you need to be resilient and you need to be strong. And if you want to get better, then get fucking better. So that's something that I've seen that is a little bit different. You just have to take the ball and run with it and throw the fucking ball out of this world. And also, what makes you happy? What is it your deep core existence that makes you feel good? That is the other stuff that you need. Could it be countless cat videos on YouTube? Could it be watching, you know, ASMR videos of people making donuts in different countries? Sure. Let that be your salvation. Let that be something to carry you through. But just to kind of put a cap on this episode, because I don't want these being too long, it's that six weeks. What can you do in that six weeks of trying to find out what the next steps are to continue lead, to continue living. And I think the first time for me, it was way easier than subsequent times that we're going to be talking about um, after, you know, various uh, procedures and uh, chemo regimen and such. But I thank you for listening. This has been Midnight. And go forth and go beyond.